Welcome back to the Facts About PACS. I'm Michaela Isler, NAPACS Executive Director. It's Easter and Passover, Adam Belmar. It sure is, Michaela. We want to share a special wish for a happy Easter and Passover with everyone listening. There is a brisket in my future and even some potato latkes. It's a wonderful time to be with family if you're able. What's the plan at your house, Michaela? Well, Adam, the Easter Bunny is definitely stopping by. There's no doubt about that. And I feel certain that there will be an Easter egg hunt in my future on Sunday. It'll be busy for us in our household, but so fun. And the weather is is shaping up. It's not as cold as it was, and spring has truly sprung. I'm excited about all of it and wish you and your family a very special holiday. I do want to take a minute, Mikhail, and say thank you to our listeners, many of whom shared their feedback on our recent Leaders Speak episode with Tracy J. Edmonds, Molly Ryan, and Carrie LaViolette. If you haven't heard it yet, I hope you will take some time after you're done listening to this episode, of course, to find episode 74 and hit play. And you know, Adam, it's been two years since we started this journey together. And, and after these two years on air, we are proud to still be growing and broadening the voices that we're able to feature through the NABPAC platform. Our community in the government affairs and PAC space is rather a tight one. And from an operational perspective, the challenges that PACs face are often similar too. That's right. And today we're offering the first in an ongoing series of shows that we're calling Solutions in Action. As ever, the experiences and expertise of our colleagues can go a long way toward helping all of us achieve better outcomes. A candid conversation about PAC banking, the top three things you should be thinking about with Mike Richardson from Chainbridge Bank coming up in a minute. But first, a quick word on some upcoming NAP activities. There is still time to register for the legal webinar on April 19th with Carol Laham from Wiley. This is one of the hottest tickets in town, and it's only available to NAPAC members. And coming up on April 21st, we hope you'll join us for a candidate meet and greet. Check the website for details. And Adam, we can't forget our first in-person PAC luncheon in two years is coming up on May 3rd. And we have a great program for our first in-person lunch in two years. We are bringing in David Wasserman from the Cook Political Report. He's going to be giving us an election preview and all the rundown of the races that I know our listeners and our members are anxious to hear about. And I know how excited everybody is to be back in person, Michaela. The whole NAPAC team is ready to get back in person, but we have some business to get to, Adam. The Facts About PACs podcast is produced especially for the members of the National Association of Business Political Action Committees. In every episode, we recap this week's NAP activities, share actionable intelligence and best practices, all while connecting the PAC community. And today's episode is brought to you by Quorum. The leader in public affairs software has acquired the leading PAC management solution, CisionPAC. Together, Quorum and Cision Pack teams are building Quorum Pack, a new and modern pack management solution to help pack managers collect donations, increase pack participation, and file with ease. Cision Pack's relationship and experience, combined with Quorum's proven ability to create best in class tools public affairs professionals love, will allow them to create a modern software that is trustworthy, innovative, and integrated. Thanks so much, Adam. And and as always, thanks to Quorum for their support of not only this show, but of NAPAC as well. Mike Richardson, Senior Vice President and Chief Commercial Banking Officer at Chainbridge Bank. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Michaela. Thanks, Adam. 
good to be with y'all. And uh, from the Chamber's perspective, we feel right at home with the NADPAC community. Well, Mike, our listeners on this show know you and Chainbridge Bank, but what they might not know is that your early career started with fundraising experience. I think our listeners would like to hear a little bit more about that. Tell us about your background. Yeah, absolutely. Um, It was one of those quirks of fate I had never planned on after I graduated college working at my alma mater, but uh, Mississippi State University, go Bulldogs. But the opportunity came around that uh, they were in the midst of a capital campaign there in the late 90s. And uh, some friends of mine who were already working at the foundation said, hey, come on, you'll learn a lot and you'll have some fun doing it. So I was too young and too dumb to realize that you should be intimidated about going and asking people for ungodly amounts of money, right? But the, uh, the lessons learned during that four or five years was uh, incredible and has really helped shape my career in financial services over the last 20 years. But uh, yeah, so, you know, the the thing about fundraising, right, it's like the mafia. Once you're in, you never leave, right? So (laughs) I fully fully understand all the uh, the woes and headaches that uh, our friends in the PAC community have about raising those dollars. Well, I was just going to say that puts you in a unique position to really help the PAC community. There are some very unique sort of rules and regulations outlined by the Federal Election Commission as separate segregated funds. PACs are required to have a separate account, a separate segregated fund uh, from the organization that's sponsoring their PAC. So why don't we dive in a little bit and just sort of maybe you can talk through how you help your clients in the startup phase of starting a PAC. Yeah, and, and it's a great question. It's one we've gotten a lot over the years. You know, currently we have over 80 PACs from the corporate and trade group world as, as clients, and many of those started from scratch. We take uh, you know a very hands-on approach to coach them up if they come to us saying, "Hey, we're re- we're getting ready to launch. How do we do this?" Right, and especially if they are either have decided to handle everything in-house, or if they haven't yet decided on uh, who they would use as a pack management vendor partner. So, uh, you know, obviously the first thing that these these groups have to recognize is you are going to be separate from the corporate entity that you will be representing on the government affairs side. You've got to have your own separate tax ID. You then have to file your FEC Form 1 Statement of Org. And then you've got to decide who's going to be the active people with the decision-making capacity for the PAC. You know, your treasurer, assistant treasurer, other uh, you know, officers, who's going to be involved with the, with the day-to-day operations? Because a lot of times that's different, right? Especially when you set up the banking, right? Who, who is, serves as signers may not necessarily be those operational folks uh, dealing with the nuts and bolts on, on the day-to-day. We try to help craft a solution that best fits each PAC's specific needs, whether it be the startup that we just walked through or a long-standing, well-established PAC who have you know, multiple members of, of their group touching the, the various pieces, or if they have that third-party outsourced operation with the, the PAC management vendors. We can craft whatever solution makes the most sense and help them find efficiencies and, you know, be more effective in in what they really want to do, which is raising funds and getting in touch with candidates. Mike, there are so many things that go into being a PAC manager and banking is a fundamental one. You've just talked about what it is to get started, but there are trends. What are you seeing for practitioners out there when it comes to ACH? Has it killed the paper check in the era of COVID? Yeah, Adam, for sure. I've been in the financial services industry for 20 years, and I've worked for the behemoths back in the day. I've been in Chambers now 11 years. But from an overall industry standpoint, the adoption of electronic payments, specifically ACH, had been on a steady progression pre-COVID. In the last two years, I know speaking from just inside our company, we've seen a sevenfold increase in adoption and request for that service. 
So is it a case where uh, we finally have turned the corner on payments going more electronic versus paper check? Absolutely. Uh, I'll say this, the fundraising world, specifically political fundraising, has been a, a laggard, uh, slow to adopt, right? And look, I, I remember those, you know, check presentation moment, the kiss the ring moment, right? You hand the envelope over, uh, but that's becoming passe, you know, as, as everybody now has recognized, hey, we can get this done in a different fashion. Maybe you still have that photo op moment where you pass off a envelope that's got the voucher, hey, these funds were already presented to your account two days ago. But that's really where we're headed. And more and more of our PACs have adopted ACH. They see the benefits and it is inherently cheaper, faster, and produces less risk of fraud to their accounts than paper checks do. Michaela, this issue of fraud mitigation is something that everyone has to be very closely keeping an eye on with all of your partners because it can just sneak in there. And as Mike just pointed out, timely deposits, right? Operational efficiencies. All of this is critically important to pack managers. Mike, do you think that uh, there are things that we should be looking at to try and implement that can help in that fraud mitigation? What do you guys do for your customers? How do you advise them in that? From just November of last year, so the last you know five to six months, we've seen a dramatic increase in corporate fraud, be it either by fraudulent checks or more dangerously, email hacks that are putting forward fake invoices for uh, groups to pay. That's on the rise. So for PACs, especially those who have been heavy issuers of checks, all it takes is for one check to fall into the wrong hands and some nefarious actor then go out to Staples or order check stock from Amazon. And then they can mirror exactly all the information, logos, font size, you name it, that's on a check, right? They get the microline information. Microline is, is banking code for the routing and account number. And then they're off to the races. What we work with our clients to use is a fraud mitigation tool called positive pay. That's kind of commonplace in the industry. And what it does, it allows, whether you're doing it in-house or you have your pack management group doing it for you, they upload daily their check files. Any check is issued, right, gets uploaded into our system. Uh, and then as those items clear, they're checked off, everything's good. But if anything is presented for payment to the bank that's either out of sequence or has not been previously uploaded or is a duplicate check number, that's gonna get caught same day. And you then get the opportunity to review that item and see if it's legitimate or fraud and prevent it from harming the integrity of your account. Mike, that is a great tool, and I hope our listeners are paying close attention. I think that's something all of our pack managers need to be focused on in, in fraud mitigation. And, you know, every pack manager listening to this show knows all too well that a secret to success lies in your ability to integrate with your partner vendors. How does having the right bank and tools make that better? Uh, you really want to find a, a bank that understands your business. And for PACs, they need to understand that there's a two-year cash cycle here. The cash flow is not cyclical. It is not just within a one-year fiscal year. It's a two-year time frame. Most banks don't understand that. So you need to find one who understands that basic piece of the, of the financial fundamentals. You also need to recognize an organization that doesn't put impediments to the operational efficiency of your pack. Some banks out there are very rigid about who can have access to the account online. Or if you're a non-signer, can that person then have be authorized to make certain judgment calls or approvals for your pack on the day-to-day -day operational side? So that's, those are key elements. I put myself in a pack manager's shoes, right? What, were the, what are the things that I'm looking for if I was on that side of the table? 
And you want somebody who one understands your business. You want somebody who's going to help streamline the process and meet your specific needs for how you want to operate uh, and not put up you know, undue obstacles along the way to working with your outsourced partners. That's one thing too, is in, a, in the last 10 years, we've seen a, a huge growth in outsourcing your CFO components or certain pieces that used to be mainly in-house activities, right? Or functions. And with PACs, probably 80% of the time, the admin, the PAC management, the payment processing is going to be outsourced to one of our you know, vendor partners. And here at Chainbridge, we have a, a strong working relationship with over a half dozen, if not more, well-known PAC vendors. They understand how we operate, what we need to get a PAC opened um, in terms of the documentation. Um, they understand our, our online platform and the services we offer, and they're very comfortable working within those. And I've said it's easier to use than, than many other platforms. So, you know, for us, with PACs being a major practice of ours, it's important for us to maintain those relationships with, with the PAC vendors, make sure that we are looking at trends and technology that we feel like could benefit both uh, the PACs themselves, but also those who are actually doing the day-to-day uh, -day operations work. Mike, something that can strike fear in the heart of any PAC manager is compliance. It's a critical part of the job that we do. It's what facilitates transparency. This is internal compliance, compliance with vendors, compliance with state and federal regulations. If you're not in sync with your banking partner, this becomes an enormous challenge. Talk about that for our audience, the things that you think everyone should be thinking about when it comes to compliance and being well integrated and finding the right banking partner. You know, I go back to the point of making sure that you have a, a banking partner that understands that there will be some outside partners on the PAC side that are going to be brought in to help oversee things, to ensure that the compliance pieces are being met. Those people need to have, you know, a certain level of access to the online platform to review transaction history, make sure that things are lining up as they've recorded, pull statements to make the, you know, make sure that everything reconciles at the end of each month. Some PACs have outsourced the payment processing to their third-party PAC management vendors, in which case we also offer a dual control piece where the PAC management vendor can upload the payments, but somebody from the PAC comes in to then approve before those payments are sent out, right? It's a, it's a nice tool to help in mitigating any potential malfeasance, or ensuring that payments are going where they need to and when they when they need to be sent out. Solutions in action. That's what we were looking for. That's what we're trying to do because in the end, this is your business. It's also ours. Making sure that PAC managers are getting their needs met. We're all learning from each other and exploring the things that can help make the entire enterprise run more smoothly. Mike Richardson, Senior Vice President and Chief Commercial Banking Officer at Chainbridge Bank. Thank you for joining us for a very helpful and insightful solutions in action episode of the Facts About PACs podcast. Thanks for having me, Michaela. Adam, I've enjoyed it. You know, count on Chainbridge. We're going to be a long-term partner here with the NADPAC community. Thank you so much, Mike. And thanks to everyone downloading and sharing the show. Coming up next week, The View from BuildPack. We'll be joined by Megan Evergam with the National Association of Home Builders. Subscribe and meet right back here on the Facts About Packs podcast. 